Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to visit primed.com slash podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Ann is a 15-year-old female who was seen last month for her well-child exam and was brought in by her mom at that time. She's a healthy girl who has no concern during her wellness exam. She's doing well in school and has a part-time job helping her family in their family-owned restaurant. English is her second language. She moved here when she was age seven from Vietnam. During her visit, she was reported not to be sexually active, but did have a boyfriend. Your MA tells you that she called the clinic today, leaving a message asking if you would start her on a birth control method. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Marianne Montague, instructor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the UMass Chan Medical School. Good morning, Marianne. Good morning, Frank. How's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm welcome. I'm very happy to welcome you to Frankly Speaking. So Ann's question raises a number of points. Um, does she need to come in for a visit to start her on a birth control method? And, and if so, why or why not? So Frank, I'm glad you asked that question. No, she doesn't need to come in. And I feel like oftentimes we create barriers as providers to getting expedited treatment to our patients. So one thing I would say is, you know, in the United States, while things have improved and we've had a decrease in unintended pregnancies to less than 50%, this is still higher than a lot of industrialized countries. And a lot of the disparities are due to race, income, and education. So no, she doesn't need to come in for a visit. I'm happy to prescribe her something. The most important thing I would say is I really want to have the history. And I have the history because I just saw her last month when she was here for her well child check. Oh, okay. I, I think you're right. Uh, I think in the rest of the world, access to contraceptive methods is not necessarily dependent upon seeing a provider or, or dealing with a provider. I would probably want her to come in at some point in time in the future to talk about um, being a 15-year-old who's sexually active and her partner and so forth. Um, but I totally agree with you. So, okay, we're going to start her on something. What would you recommend at this time? So at this time, I don't need to see her in office and I don't need to do a pap. But if it was my preference, I would recommend starting her on an oral contraception now and when she's able to come into clinic, offer her a long-acting reversible contraception. But with that being said, you know, Anne has no contraindications and to any forms of the birth control. And I think it's important for with any patient that we engage in shared decision making, providing them with all the information and then coming to a conclusion what would be best for them. And we found that when we do this, it also helps improve compliance. Now, one thing that I've really seen to be helpful as a provider is sitting down with patients, especially like on who's young, looking at the CDC contraception app. And I'm going to tell you, it has a weird name. It's US MEC US SPR. 
but it has a great resource for providers, gives plenty of information. I love that app. Thanks for pointing that out. Okay, great. So I, I think your thoughts are, are right on. Um, what are we going to do next, Fran? So next for Ann is in speaking with her, I would recommend that she, as her preference, start on her oral contraceptive pill. She doesn't need to wait to start it, but it's important she knows that for the next seven days that she have another method of contraception and also educating her on what to do if she misses a pill. So if she misses one pill, I would recommend telling her to start it as soon as possible. If she misses two pills, she's going to discard the second pill, take it as quickly as possible, and then also use backup contraception for seven days as well. All right. Um, I love that you raised the concept of a long-acting reversible contraceptive option. Um, let's go there. She comes in, she's taking the pill, she's doing okay. How do you have that conversation with her and what are her options? So Anna's a teen and oftentimes they have busy schedules and taking a pill at a consecutive day and time, you know, can be challenging sometimes. It could be challenging for anyone. So I would encourage her the ease of something like an IUD. Um, oftentimes in individuals we have implantable, we have IUDs, progesterone, non hormonal, you know, we have the Kylina, we have the Mirena, but in her age, I would talk to her and encourage her that we could just put in an IUD. She wouldn't have to worry about it for years to come. And it's very effective. I wouldn't recommend this in some, if they're uncomfortable with it, or there's a fear or, or if I hadn't had a chance to really speak with them, but in her, an understanding, and there's no history of trauma, I feel it would be an easy in-office procedure that we could do for her. I, I totally agree. I think it's a great option for teens. The St. Louis study showed this a number of years ago, that it dramatically, having access to long-acting reversible contraception had a dramatic reduction in teenage pregnancy and an 80% reduction in the need for consideration of termination. So um, I, I like this approach of, hey, let's get her on something now, tell her how to use it, and then bring her in down the road. Because I do think a long-acting reversible method will help protect her, also help protect her confidentiality if she doesn't want her parents to know, and give us good reason to provide close, close follow-up. Any final thoughts on how to manage on? So we started her today and I'm sending her a prescription for oral contraception. One thing I would say is, while I don't need to see her in the office, it is important that we monitor her blood pressure. So a way we can do this, keeping the confidentiality, is she could go to her school nurse and she could send through the patient portal to me over the next month what her blood pressure readings are. And if she has any concerns, she can always reach out. And then also really educate her that while she's on contraception, it doesn't prevent STIs. And you know, just educate her that if she has any questions, she can always reach out and I'm happy to bring her into the office. But as a provider, we do need to be mindful that while we can keep it confidential, insurance might send parents the explanation of benefits. Marianne, thanks so much for bringing this topic to our, our podcast and welcome to the team. Thank you so much, Frank.
Practice pointer. When a patient questions about oral contraception, stop and take the opportunity to educate them and offer it immediately, even without an office visit. Join us next time when we discuss the comparison between ACE inhibitors and ARBs for their ability to lower blood pressure and their ability to cause adverse events. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcasts and see you next week.